We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, it is time for another Lock It Up with Kurtz podcast. I am John Kurtz, joined by Aaron Lockett, former K-State and NFL wide receiver. We are talking about a bowl game, K-State taking on LSU, winding down the 2021 season as we are now in 2022. In fact, K-State and LSU are playing the last bowl game. There is, of course, a national championship game, but the next-to-last college football game of the year will be played between the Wildcats and Tigers, assuming, assuming that we do make it to the finish line and this thing gets in, which is something that we will talk about. Uh, here throughout the show. But as always, if you're going to be enjoying the game on Tuesday night, make sure and do it through our friends at Holiday Distillery and everything that they have to offer. 360 Vodka, versatile lineup. You can do whatever you want as far as the cocktails are concerned, whether you're going to be uh, just mixing them up with whatever mixer it is that you roll with, however it is that you tailgate, you can do it. Uh, Craft cocktails, infusions, batch drinks, anything that you want. Uh, you can get it from 360 Vodka and Holiday Distillery, who are great to us and help support the podcast here. But, man, Aaron, it feels like it's been a while since we talked. It feels like it's been a while since we've seen K-State play a football game. It's been over a month, in fact, and a lot has happened between now and then. Unfortunately, it was a, a pretty in- disappointing end of the season after K-State had won four straight, got to 7-3. and three. Now back-to-back losses and a long period of time to sit there and think about it before you play this game against LSU. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I think the bowl game is an opportunity once again for, for Kansas State to showcase, you know, what they've learned all year. Like, how do we rebound? How do we put it all together? Um, I'm really excited about the opponent, you know, LSU being an SAC team, along with the talent. Understandable, they have some people in the transfer portal. People opted out based on the NFL draft, but they still are a top tier team with Brian Kelly coming in. So the notoriety is there for the university. For us, it's always an opportunity to have a big win. So I think it's important for us to still put it together. But like you said earlier, hopefully we can get to the finish line and get this game going. I know there's a, a uh, they don't have a, a lot of people on their roster. Um, obviously, that's not K-State's problem. But if the game is is ready to go, I think K-State's ready to, to tip it off and get busy. Yeah, I mean, I guess the good news would be <laughs> you lost the game to Texas. That's not a great Texas squad. That was a fairly beleaguered Texas squad. Yeah. LSU's probably in a worse position, and that was a 6-6 six and six team this year. Anyway, this was not a quintessential LSU team by any stretch of the imagination. They're kind of a shell of themselves right now. But, man, I mean, I I would just suggest this, and I know a lot of fans were very upset, rightfully so, about the Texas game and how it happened and losing 22-17 to and some of the fourth and short calls. 
Uh, but there has been some change that has occurred in the aftermath of that game. Namely, K-State is going to have a new offensive coordinator for the bowl game and for next year. Courtney Messingham was let go. I had actually been pretty uh, pretty much a defender of him throughout the year, and a lot of the numbers would back up that he was doing a decent job. But that game was hard to come back from, some of the fourth and short calls, and there had already been a lot of consternation for fans there. So you're going to get some change. And then I think another thing that may have happened, Aaron, too, was the decision to go to the transfer portal to get a quarterback in Adrian Martinez from Nebraska, who is yep. in the fold now to play next year. Because, look, Will Howard was 9 of 13. It wasn't like – you know, a performance that was littered with turnovers necessarily, but still just not not effective enough moving the ball, I think, for everybody to feel confident. So if you want to spin it positively, that loss against Texas really seemed to ignite some change within the program now. Yeah. Well, the bowl, the bowl game is also a time to see what does ne- next year look like, right? And so I think that we understand that, you know, behind Scholar, we just don't have the talent that we've looked for long-term. Opportunities have been given, and it just hasn't materialized the way that we wanted it to. And so bringing in – Martinez is, is one opportunity, but that's not a long-term answer. That's just something to get us uh, plugged in just until we understand who's going to be the next guy in line. And as far as Messingham and, and Jason Ray, um, changes were going to have to be made where, uh, not knowing exactly where that was going to take place, but obviously that's where they decided to make the change. Um, you know, we have Deuce who had a great year. Um, Skyler's done his part when given the opportunity and when he's healthy. And so for the most part, I think the players are there. It's just a matter of putting the system um, around them long term. So I think they're looking at further than, than just this year. Like you said, the loss from Texas is something that is hard to come back from. And so luckily we have one more game left this year and we can get that bad taste out of our mouth. But it's an opportunity for some of these young guys to step up in front of the guys that's been playing consistent to keep that going. And so um, once again, I'm excited to see what we look like. Uh, a month is a long time to prepare. Right. And so guys should be ready to go. Injuries should be healed. Um, for the last guys uh, that are seniors or the last rodeo, this is where you put it all out on the line. We played well here in Texas, uh, you know, years ago against AM. And so I think that we understand what's at stake, even though it doesn't seem like it's a big time bowl game. It is for Kansas State. It's a chance to beat the SEC, a chance to get, you know, eight wins in a season, opportunity for us to propel into next year. Well, that that is where I think K-State has all the advantages in the world. I'm not sure that the situation could have worked out much better for, for K-State than what it is because you will you will have the obvious motivation edge. What what does this really matter to LSU, a program that two years ago not only won the national championship but may have had the greatest college football team we have ever seen. In doing so, they have a new coach. This is an interim situation. This was already a bad season that they are going to want to forget very, very quickly. There's just right. not much motivation there. And, and K-State – Obviously, no offense intended to the Wildcats. It's not the kind of name that's going to get a team like LSU from the SEC overly excited. Meanwhile, K-State had nobody opt out. Now, granted, not as many NFL prospects as LSU, but everybody wanted to play this game. Skylar Thompson said like there, there was no chance that he was thinking about skipping this game, even though he's Mel Kuyper's 10th rated NFL quarterback prospect heading into the draft. Like Everybody's here motivated, ready to play, and now you have an LSU team that according to the latest reports, only has 39 scholarship players available for this game because of opt-outs, transfers, and COVID, obviously wreaking some havoc within the LSU program as well. That extends to their quarterback. So Garrett Nussmeyer, who's a a freshman quarterback, he's already played in four games. They didn't want to burn his red shirt by playing him in this game, but he's the only scholarship quarterback left. They put in a waiver to the NCAA. That got denied. So who knows what's going to happen at quarterback for LSU. There's talk of a Wildcat QB, like a position player being out there some, and then they have a walk-on. I mean, 
yeah. you just you, you can't ask for much more than that in terms of the advantages that you have on K-State's side to not only just get an eighth win uh, on the season, but look, I, whoever you suit up in LSU uniforms like pads and the jersey and whatever, it's going to be cool to beat them no matter what the situation actually is here. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. I got a chance to go see LSU play this year against U, uh, University of Louisiana Monroe. And so one thing I can tell you about LSU, they are in the SEC. And so when you watch the Alabama-Cincinnati game, one thing you notice within the interior line is the size of Alabama versus the size of Cincinnati. And so when you look at it, Kansas State, obviously, we're bigger than historically that we've been, which is great, right, from a defensive line perspective. But you're still going to have offensive linemen that are massive from, from LSU. And so the Texas game, they went into the Wildcat, and they just ran the ball consistently and ran it down our throat and moved the line of scrimmage. And so that's something that we need to be cognizant about just to make sure that hey, they may not have a quarterback that's going to play that's thrown a pass yet in the NCAA, but they can run the ball. And so for us, even though the Ty Davis-Price are starting running back has opted out, you know, they still have some top-tier running backs that are going to be able to run the ball. And it doesn't take anything but momentum uh, to get a, a crowd of group, uh, group of guys going. And so for us, it's one of those things where we do have to take it seriously, understand, you know, what's at stake and how do we continue to position ourselves. Um, the way that it's looking with 39 um, players available for LSU to play, then yes, K-State should come out and dominate, right? And so couldn't we put up 50? If so, then we should. And so that's one of those opportunities where can we do what we want to do um, as a team and not so much play to the level of our competition? Well, that is, I think K-State will have a huge advantage offensively when they have the ball. Um, not only is Skylar Thompson back healthy, but you look at the LSU defense. I mean, you mentioned, hey, they lost their leading rusher. The quarterback situation's pretty bleak. But defensively, they've lost their two best defensive players. Uh, they only have one starter uh, likely that's going to be out there in the secondary. So you, you should have an opportunity to really go after them uh, with your offense here. Now, again, granted, knowing that a lot of these younger players that are going to be playing, I mean, they're all four- and five-star recruits, right? Like right. LSU doesn't recruit um, <laughs> anybody else, essentially. And, and so maybe there is a motivation to like, Hey, I want to go prove to Brian Kelly to the next coach that I can really hack it here in getting my chance to go play in the bowl game. Maybe that is actually there, but uh, in terms of just experience and veteran players and, and presence and just continuity, like guys right. kind of understanding what the deal is in case they will have a, a massive, massive advantage offensively. in that regard. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, the only thing the LSU has to lean on is talent, right? They hope their talent can help outshine. Like you said, the consistency, and continuity between players that won't be there, right? They won't have that locker room morale that seems to be um, present when you have a team that's been together for a long time. But, you know, I'm just weary sometimes, right? It's, it's just the SEC. You just don't know what you're going to get, right? It, it's like you said, it's a, it's a gumbo of players. Um, no pun intended from the LSU side, but um, that's just talented. Like I said, I've had a chance to watch them play. You've got a couple of seniors on the team um, that will be playing their hearts out. And so for us, it's just one of those things where can we play consistent? Can we go out there and can we dominate? And then obviously, as you mentioned, a new offensive coordinator, what does that mean for us? Does that mean we're going to run different plays? What's going to be our philosophy? Run heavy, pass heavy? So it's going to be interesting to see kind of how it all um, starts out for us. Yeah, I'm curious for your opinion on that and your take on how do you handle that if you're calling Klein? Because, you know, by all accounts, this seems to be a, a, an audition, basically, for the offensive coordinator for him. And, yeah. and a lot of it, it's not just going to be the game. Uh, Chris Kleiman mentioned he's spent a lot of time just hanging around the offense, seeing how Collins managing things in practice leading up to it. So a lot of the audition really has already taken place. But, you know, you want to see what the result is going to be. And I, I'm not sure that you can come out and totally 
you're, you're not going to come out running five wide all the time, right? And the run and shoot or something like that. But you, you can make some tweaks. And there obviously has been a lot of frustration about the offense. And I think in particular, like, like some thought here about wide receiver recruiting. And can you make this a little bit more attractive of an offense for receivers? Like those types of things I would like to see out of it. I, how would you handle this kind of opportunity if you are Colin Klein getting your shot to, to have the keys to the car right now? Well, I, I wouldn't go five wide the whole game if you want to keep a job, right? <laughs> I think you've got to find some consistency what we've done all year. And so, but you've got to put your wrinkle in there because as you mentioned, this is an audition. This is an opportunity for Colin to showcase what he can do as a coach. What I'm really looking for is how does he relate to the players? Um, you know, he's always been with the quarterbacks and that's been his natural position. And so, that communication seems natural, but how do you get the receivers motivated? How do you get the tight ends involved? How do you get the offense going all together? That's going to be a challenge because now you're looking at a coach that now has a bigger scope of responsibilities and has the players bought in. It has there been enough time. And so for Colin, what I want to see is can he string together a, a 14 play drive if needed, right? Can he make the right call on third down? Does he have that flexibility? Does coach really trust him? Those are going to be moments within the game that you can say, okay, is Colin our guy or do we need to go outside? And so for him, it's a huge game, right? It is more than just an opportunity to play against LSU. This is an opportunity for him to have a pivotal point in his coaching career and maybe solidify that, that OC job because he's he's playing as Amarmada. He's got the opportunity based on how it's um, shaken out. And I'm not sure he'll get that chance in other places. And so this is a huge game for Colin A., as a coach and as an offensive coordinator to showcase that he can be the man. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And if needed. So the question that I think naturally comes up is like, he, he's been a position coach for a while at the college level. How different is it to be calling plays and coordinating the offense and having more of a bigger picture view than just, Hey, I'm a quarterback coach and I'm zeroing in on what the quarterbacks are doing as someone who's obviously been in huddles, been in offenses, how, how different are those roles and, and how easy can that cross over? 
Well, it's interesting. You know, I, I go back to when I played, right? That's the easiest for me to relate to. And I remember Ron Hudson being the offensive coordinator, right? And so we had Greg Peterson as the receiver coach and Michael Smith as a running back coach. And obviously you would talk to different positions, but Ron Hudson was the one that would pull everybody together and tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, we're coming to you, right? We're coming backside. Make sure. So it's not only knowing the offense, it's also knowing the personnel, knowing who you can put in positions to be successful. And then it's saying, okay, I trust that you're going to let me do that, right? And so you listen to me. So it's a little bit of a give and take on both sides of it. And so I don't know if Collins de developed those relationships over the season. It's very hard to develop within three weeks, right? And so has he had that constant communication with the receivers and with the running backs to where they feel like he can be the man? I don't know that answer, but that's needed in order for him to be successful as a coordinator. Well, the good news is he'll have a great relationship to work with as far as his quarterback is concerned, Skylar Thompson. Coming back, it, all accounts – he seems to be very healthy. In fact, uh, the word out of the press conference uh, earlier this week was that Skyler's as healthy as he's been all season. Uh, just having time to, to sit and let a lot of these injuries heal. He's, he's had multiple uh, throughout this season. So that, I think, is another just massive, massive advantage that K-State has working for it. And, you know, if we're talking about the offense, uh, Aaron, I was watching, and I'm sure you were too, a lot of the college football on New Year's Day. I mean, these promos that are running on ESPN, they're, they're all featuring Deuce Vaughn. He's getting a lot of run, and this is right. an opportunity where, I mean, all of these bowl games have been drawing huge numbers, like TV, huge numbers. You're seeing two, three mil, even for relatively uh, blah games. You're probably going to get that once again here. The point I'm getting at is, hey, if Deuce is as good as we all think he is, which, I, I mean, I certainly think he is, this is a chance to kind of throw him on the stage of like, uh, can you get him on the fringe of the Heisman conversation? Just build the the hype train for for him next year and, and how important he's going to be for this team. Yeah, I, I think Deuce is the guy, right? I think he's the way that K-State continues to rumble and roll. And so for us as an offensive unit and as a team, I think we ride, ride his wave like we've done all year. I don't think we change. We feed him the ball up the middle. You get him the ball on the outside, run him some Texas routes, get him, in, get him some mixed matches. And I think for us, um, Kansas State historically hasn't pushed one player um, based on a Heisman, but I think that if the opportunity is there, it's something we should do, right? I do believe in family first, but I also believe in when you've got a guy like Deuce, that's a rare talent that comes through Kansas State. And so when you have the opportunity to ride that wave and push him, let's do it. And so I think everybody's on board with it. Uh, the media loves him, right? He's got a great name, but he's played lights out. Like he's done his part of it. And so uh, looking for him to finish strong and for K-State to put him on the map. Yeah, still wish that uh, Coach Snyder would have pushed Michael Bishop a little bit more in, uh, in <laughs> yeah. 1998, for instance. But, yeah. uh, hey, water under the bridge at this point, I suppose. How, how much does – you know, I start to look at what has happened here in the last month. Adrian Martinez coming in, which, yes, a, ban a one-year Band-Aid, but that's a really talented quarterback if you can hone in some of the turnovers. Eli Huggins, that was a big decision to come back on the defensive line. He's going to stay for another year. Brandon Jennings, K-State just landed, who was arguably the number one linebacker in the transfer portal. I think that was a pretty shocking development that K-State landed him just earlier this week. Basically, what I'm telling you is you talk about Deuce, Felix, and DK, Khalid Duke coming back from injury next year. Like, there are a lot of pieces in place where K-State could make a run. Um, yeah. I have a shot to be in that conversation to try and get to Arlington next year if, if things go well, if they can grab another couple of pieces – but you want the momentum, obviously, from a bullwind to help propel you to that. And look, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I, in your estimation, how much value actually is there in winning the game in terms of setting the table for next year? It's a ton of value. Uh, you're rolling into the offseason, right? And so 
there's no worse way to roll into the offseason than with a bad taste of a loss, right? And this won't be the first loss. It'll be the third loss in a row, right? And so for, for Kansas State, they need to figure out a way. How do we finish on a winning note? But um, as you mentioned, you know, Martine, Martinez is a Band-Aid, so we do need to find a long-term solution. But ultimately, in offseason, we've got to throw the ball better, right? That's what we have to do. We have to figure out how do we open up our game. We can have the greatest defense in the world, but if we can't put points on the board consistently – uh, in the Big 12, we just won't be competitive. And so we've got to find a way to utilize all of our talented spaces around receivers and tight ends and, and anybody that can catch the ball. And so I think that's the area of focus for us in the spring, uh, just making sure that we can stretch the field and become that that deep threat and that constant um, you know, scoring machine when needed. And obviously, like you said, the pieces on defense come in. We've got to make sure they jail together, right? It's, it's nice to bring in um, talent on paper, but there are no paper champions, right? You got to go out there and you got to make plays. Understand the injuries will happen, which means you got to bring your second and third string up to par, making sure they're ready to go. And so we've always had trouble with depth at Kansas State, just long term, right? And so for us, we've always had a strong 24, maybe 36, but can we get a strong 48, right? That's what's important to us. And I think once you can do that, then you'll start to compete at a level consistently. Um, you know, whether it's the Alabamas or the Georgias, just because they're one and two, but depth seems to be the long-term solution for Kansas State right now. Well, it'd be nice to see uh, a young guy or two step up in, in some of those spots. I think of a guy like R.J. Garcia at receiver, yep. if you can get him involved, it'd be very, very nice. And, and I'm sure K-State will have some issues. In fact, you know, I've heard just a little bit of talk this week about, uh, it sounds like more on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, there may be a position group in particular that has been hit with COVID slash just some personal uh, issues and in case they may be a little bit thin there. So it's not going to be a, a perfect match of K-State at full strength against LSU, not. But this is a rare game where you should have a depth advantage uh, most places. And and yeah. whatever you can do to get guys who are going to be back next year involved, engaged, and make plays here in a bowl game, I think that can, that can definitely help. And you're someone, I mean, in your career, I was trying to think of this through my head as you were talking just a second ago. 98, obviously, that was a loss, but uh, I will give you guys a pass for losing the Alamo Bowl. Because I think it's pretty obvious nobody really wanted to be there to take on Drew Brees at that point. But you won bowl games in 99 and 2000. Uh, right. how, how much of a difference do you feel like the, those bowl games made for you guys going into the offseason, the fact that you won those games? You know, um, 99, uh, we played Tennessee, uh, if I remember correctly. Um, and then um, – I guess 2000, we played Tennessee, right? Yeah, it was 2000, we played Tennessee. Um, that was huge. I mean, the Tennessee game was was an opportunity for guys going into the senior year. Um, Petey Fagans played extremely well. Um, you know, I remember Scobie had a great game going into yeah. his senior year. Like, uh, Rock Cartwright played well. Um, obviously, Beasley and, and, and uh, Quincy played well. But there were a lot of underclassmen that kind of propelled them into that national spotlight going into the next year. And so whether you're a junior, senior, or whoever, it is an opportunity for people to get the next view of who's who, right? If you if you just take a step back, even the other night, if you watch the Rose Bowl, right, if you hadn't watched Ohio State play and you looked at, um, you know, their two top receivers that didn't play, the next thing you see is Njinga, right, the receiver that broke the record with 15 catches for 347. He's now on everybody's radar, right? And so it's an opportunity um, to get that national spotlight. As you, as you talked about, multi-million people will be watching the game. You never know who's going to see you, right? And so the goal is, as a college athlete, get on the field, make plays when your number is called, and see what you can do. Bowl game is the best time to do it. And so for the for the underclassmen, um, I think it's important to make sure that they can get on the field and make plays. Um, and then for those that are seniors, 
if you're interested in playing at the next level, no better chance than to do it now. Yeah, and I mean, say what you will about the LSU roster again, but th there will be talented guys out there. So if you're if you're on film making plays against guys that are of the the caliber, the talent level of of what LSU has out there to offer, that's certainly going to help. Uh, it is certainly going yeah. to help. And I mean, above all else, like you just you don't get many shots at programs like LSU. Nope. Here. I think that's what what was fun and cool about the way the bowl selection process kind of worked out for a long time. It felt like the cheese bowl was a pretty likely destination. And I think if K-State beats Texas, uh, that may well be what would have happened. And in that game, you would have been playing Clemson. Well, now you got the Texas bowl and you're playing LSU. Uh, these are games that you can't just go out and schedule regularly. Right. In fact, it's, this is only the second time K-State has ever played LSU, which surprised me the first being back in 1980 when K-State was shut out 21 to nothing. But I would have thought they, they probably played some of the eighties when K-State could just be a bye game and an easy win. They right. really haven't. So you, you have to go cherish these kind of opportunities. And I, I think the players will like today, the disparity is so crazy between the sec and everybody else. We're about mm -hmm. to see an all sec championship game. You've got <laughs> a shot to go play a team from the sec. And, and right. that motivation, as you alluded to worked out pretty well in 2016 when it was, K-State taking on Texas A&M and Miles Garrett, who was the the uh, presumptive number one in the draft coming up after that. You know, if you think about it, um, I always think about recruiting, right? I'm always thinking about long-term effects of a game. And so you're going to have some homers that are LSU guys that are sophomores in high school waiting for LSU to play. They always wanted to go to LSU. That's just their niche, right? Now that Brian Kelly's coming in, they still want to go to LSU, right? Because they, now they've got a great coach coming in. They're going to be watching that game, right? Indirectly, it's an audition for Kansas State for some of those players that may have never seen Kansas State play football, right? All it takes is one showing for them to say, I like Kansas State. I didn't realize Kansas State was that good. Oh, they have a couple of Louisiana players on their team as well, so they do recruit down here. It's just an opportunity to recruit somebody that may not be in your backyard. And so I always think about the recruiting aspect when playing teams like LSU. Yep, and doubles as a recruiting advantage playing in Texas too. That that yep. does not does not hurt. Uh, eight bowl game for the Wildcats in Texas, the most in history, just now surpassing uh, Arizona for the state in which K State has played the most bowl games. All right, before we uh, wrap it up, just uh, any final thoughts on the matchup? Again, fingers crossed that we actually get there to the finish line for LSU playing. But it sounds like LSU really wants the check from this bowl game to go through and play, and they're going to try and force it through. Uh, right. Any final thoughts on what you're looking for out of K State? You know what? I want to see more turnovers, right? I want to see us take advantage from a defense perspective. Would love to see more interceptions. Um, and then from a wide receiver standpoint, um, I want to see some plays down the field. I want to see some of those big plays plus 25 yarders. And so I think that's important for us. Or oh, Once again, it's important for Klein to put some of those plays in and for us to go execute them. But it's an audition for Skyler for the next level, right? Can he make that deep throw down the middle, right? Um, from a receiver standpoint, can, can somebody step up and be the man going into next year and then from a defensive perspective can we take control of the front seven and then um get some picks on the back end i'm looking for us to dominate and so um this will be opportunity for kansas state to showcase that they are one of the elite teams in the big 12 regardless of what the last two games look like um i think the talent's there now they just got to go out there and put it on the field yeah uh, it could be a very weird disjointed looking game if unless he was playing a wildcat quarterback the whole time but it's a game the case they probably should win uh frankly at the end of the day all right, if you are going to be watching the game, wherever you're watching the game, make sure and stock up on the 360 Vodka from Holiday Distillery. Appreciate their help throughout the entire season. We'll be back with a wrap-up show to uh, talk about the bowl game, what happened, and uh, where K-State heads in the offseason going into the 2022 season, of course.
coming up as well. But appreciate all the work of Tucker Franklin behind the scenes. For Aaron Lockett, I'm John Kurtz. Thanks for checking out another Lock It Up with Kurtz podcast. Go Cats. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.